Okay, so uh, Rabbi Goldman, if you uh, if you want to start things off, you're invited to please do so. Oh, we can't hear you. Um, Rabbi, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, right, but um, what I have in mind, I think I have to save for the end. So uh, <laughs> if you could, if you could trust me, I would appreciate that. Um, okay, that's that, that's good. Um, should we start out with questions? Where, how do how do you want to do this? Um, no, I think it's best if uh, we 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 um, have the open questions um, in. So let's call the second half. And if you want to present at least one thought, that could be helpful to people um, at this um, very challenging time. I think that would be a very good way how to uh, start it. But well, one thing is, I could say I, I saw my barber today, and I, I told him he never he never knew how much his wife did for Pesach. That's for sure. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, opportunity for appreciation <laughs> for uh, what our family members are doing. <laughs> okay, so uh, uh, Bioni, if you're, um, um, yeah, go ahead, Avaya, please. Yeah, his his dad was back in New York somewhere, but. Um, and then he told me that his siblings are making uh, minyanim to say Kaddish back in New York. Okay. So an interesting thought hit me that uh, how in the world does that happen? <laughs> like if you would think that, you know, someone who going on, you're breaking up. You know, it's not going to happen to me. It's real. Feel it. Um, you know, understandable. But these people, their dad passed away. Like, what's going on? Like, how does that happen? How does it make any sense for such a thing to happen? Where. Okay, we haven't said me, my mind. Um, but you know what hit me is, no, I guess, one of the most significant uh -huh. lessons of Pesach is, you know, Hashem kept giving, you know, bringing these uh, open miracles to uh, demonstrate to the Egyptians and to the Jews to try to encourage them to open their eyes. Um, can you hear me? Um, now we can. It's uh, oh, okay. barely okay, but you can keep going. Okay, let me know if I go off. So it just what hit me is that apparently um, the, re the ability that uh, we have as people, you know, whether this is the proof or not, I don't know, but it's what, uh, you know, just brought the thought to my mind is that, you know, there are a couple different ways that we can be uh, encouraged to change our ways. Like sometimes we're phys physically or emotionally forced to do something. 
And I guess the other kinds of ways that we make changes are when we're, you know, when we want to make changes in our lives. And in a way, you know, being physically forced or emotionally forced, you know, to make changes in our lives, you know, sometimes it would seem like, like how could we not make a change based on something that we've seen? But, you know, I guess that's one way that we could sometimes change. And even that way is not so easy to get some, to get ourselves or others to really change, even when it would seem to be pretty obvious. And I guess the other way to get us to change is when we decide that we want to make a change. And that's certainly something that's not so easy to get ourselves to do. So just thinking about the basic storyline of uh, Mitzrayim, you know, we really see No, off. Can't hear you. Man, I don't see your finger either because you turned off the. No, you can see me. Can't hear you. you know, when we look at the Mitzrayim, you know, we might say, okay, so they were resistant. They're Egyptians. You know, they have this challenge, they have that challenge. And, you know, if we were there, of course, we would have made all kinds of changes in our lives. Shoes. I guess us being in our shoes, like we see that Hashem makes the world, makes people in such a way where like real changes, you know, are pretty difficult to make. I guess the reason why Hashem makes it like that is because like if he wants to have the opportunity to grow in a meaningful kind of way, it really has to be coming from ourselves. And Hashem could send us messages to encourage us to change to encourage us to want to change. And I guess we could open our minds to recognizing that it's not so easy, but at the same time, you know, maybe we can think to ourselves that if this is what Hashem wants me to do, is to take certain messages and to look at the realities of how difficult it is to change, but it's all about me and trying to think to myself, if Hashem gives me an opening, it's all really up to me to figure out what I'm going to do with that. So uh, that was my basic point is it sounds like a message very much related to our current events. And it's also a message that we see again and again in the uh, story of the Jews in Mitzrayim, that Hashem gives us all kinds of different possibilities to open our eyes, but it's really all up to us to figure out what are we going to do with those opportunities to figure out uh, how much we're going to open our eyes and what we're going to do about it. So that was the point that I wanted to share and Rabbi, the floor is Rabbi, Gold, Rabbi Goldman, I can just ask you, you hear me, Rabbi? Yeah. No, I hear what you're saying. What is like the, the idea of like a madrega? Where does that play a role? In other words, I remember in yeshiva, I've probably heard of the shmooth many times, I forgot which Tana it was, or an Amora. He waited six hours and he felt bad. He couldn't wait 24 hours. You know, he bemoaned the fact that like, why, why just like his father waited or his grandfather waited 24 hours. And so the question, why didn't just do that? You know, so the answer, I forgot exactly what the, the maybe emotionally he wasn't ready. If he, you know, he didn't really feel it. It only was only intellectual. <laughs> so where does that play a role? If just because, you know, something like this is happening, like, do you have to be on a madriga to, to get there? Is it? Can you just talk on on that that das Torah of 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 not just doing a hollow act, not just you know doing it because it's meaningful and makes sense, not just like 
you know, things are going on, I'm going to make a Kabbalah now. Like, who says that's the right thing? Just... Um, you allow me, um, I totally agree. Please, please, yes. No, um, I just want to understand the question a little bit. Um, when you say things are going on, um, let's try to spell out what kind of things are going on. I mean, the only thing that I could equate this to, and somebody who I shared it with today told me that, no, it's beyond that, was um, when I was, I think, uh, yeah, early high school, the Yom Kippur War broke out. Six-day war, I was too young to really know what was going on. I mean, I knew there was amazing victory and there was euphoria, but I didn't really know at the, at the outset what it was all about. In Kippur War, I was old enough to know uh, something about what was going on. The fact that people were leaving their radios on at Yontif to know what was going on was enough to show how worried, concerned, gripped, anxious people were. Um, I had cousins who were, whose position in Sinai was at least one, told me the story was overrun by the Egyptians and he wound up beyond enemy lines, behind enemy lines, and still somehow got out alive. So we knew that this was a, a frightening time of Sakana for who knows, maybe the whole Eretz Israel. And here it's spread throughout the world. It's, it's very sort of um, unusual, unfamiliar. So we don't relate to it in the same kind of tangible way as an attack of an enemy army. But there's, 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 there's no way to avoid the awareness. That's, that's hundreds, thousands of Yidin are in Sakonis Nefoshes. And so many already have been lost. This is not the kind of thing where if we can allow ourselves to feel it, that we could say, who knows if this has a shaykhus to me? What we have to hope for for ourselves is that we should be able to relate to it in a real, true way. That we should be able to connect to every individual of our people, especially the ones that we know to some degree that are fighting for their life, and for the Kalah as a whole to relate to this time of tremendous Sakana. And that's not meant to be frightening and you know triggering anxiety because that's not going to produce anything purposeful. But it's meant just to we should be aware of what the real true nature of the situation is. And the fact that we are able to get together in this forum means that we are capable of contributing something positive. We, we are not in a state of not being able to function right now and not be able to think and feel and dive in and try to look into ourselves. We are able to do something. So I would hope that we could try to summon the courage to ask ourselves, what would I want somebody to do for me? 
I was in a state of real sakana, but that there was still hope. What would I want to do for myself if I was in that state? If I was in that state, of course, there's, the, there's always the, 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 the concern, the fear of shutdown. I can't bear this. But if we could have the strength to not shut down, how would we want for ourselves, for someone to do for us? How would we want for ourselves to do for ourselves? I'm afraid that the, the biggest impediment is that we're very conditioned to take a message to wake up as essentially telling us we're not good enough, Hashem is unhappy with us, all the negative kind of language that we've always heard and we still keep on hearing. But one thing is for sure, it's not unprecedented, not unprecedented in our history. We've had situations in our history when our Chazal were still able to explain it to us and define it for us and preserve it for us. But there is very serious Taurus and Gezeris. There was Golos Mitzrayim, who was a real Golos. It was terrible Yisurim. There was Gzeras Yavan, the Rambam says, there was Tsar Godel for Israel from the Gzeira of the Yavanim. There was Gzeras Haman of Lahashmir, Laharig, Laabid. It was a real Gzeira. So we should try to give to somebody who we were trying to daven for the best help that we could give, even as a single individual. <clears throat> And certainly, since it pertains to the entire cloud. And, and we shouldn't think like, well, what do we have to do? How can I help another person? We are connected. The cloud is interconnected. And the more that we relate to it that way, the more powerful that, it, that that is, and the greater that itself is a real accomplishment of relating to the cloud as a unit and myself as part of that unit who has something to give, to, to try to give. Like the Rambam says, the person is supposed to see himself and the whole world as if it's in the balance. It's interesting. He doesn't say mamish that it is. He says, I should view it that way. And he says it following the halacha or the explanation that he gives for Tzkiya Shefer, that besides being Gzeris Takosav, there's a remez of Uru Yishen Mishinaschem, wake up. And he says, Lefikach, therefore a person should see himself and the whole world on a constant basis as if it's balanced. How does one follow from the other? There's Indian of Sarah is the beginning of Sarah to wake up, to do tshuva. Therefore, every person should see himself balanced. It seems like there's a need on a constant basis to try to be waking ourselves up to the true reality. But the starting point, I would, I would hope, could come from the, the, the feeling that we can have for another person as we would want somebody to have for us and as we would try to have for ourselves. If we were in a situation of real sakana, hopefully 
we would not take the approach of I have to make a deal with Hashem and I'll give him something. That's a natural reflex action, but if we use our seichel, we know it's not about making deals. And hopefully we would not be totally shut down by the negative mindset of Hashem is unhappy with me and Hashem is rejecting me. No, Hashem is calling to us to wake up. But the, the second major impediment is even if we'll do that sincere, real, true self-introspection, the MS, I'm just talking about, the people are lost, they're spending their, their, their life in heaven. If each person on his own level will come to recognize, oh, I somehow got very far away from the MS, then the barrier will be, but I can't fix it in an instant. So what can I do? I can't fix it. I realize I'm far from Hashem. I'm far from a real connection with Hashem. I can't just do one good thing and fix it all up. So what can I do? We can, we can very easily fall to Yish. So I think there's something in Volby that helps us a little bit. It's Kedai to read the piece. I'm just trying to draw one thought out of it. Just, just before, could we just clarify a little bit what Rebbe yes. was talking about? The difference between a, a wake-up call, as Rebbe's putting it, and like the negative messages of, of like, oh, Hashem is not happy with us. Just could we clarify what, like, what are those two two ideas, and and why is one wrong and one right? Um, the 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 wrong one. Is, is essentially drawing from, you know, some not good life experience of a person needing to perform properly, behave properly in order to gain the approval and avoid the disappointment of someone whose love and care and respect and commitment he needs very much. That's negative to the self. If a person feels Hashem is rejective of me and I have to earn his acceptance. That's essentially um, minimizing my connection with Hashem, reducing or reinforcing a break in the connection. That's in a sense, essentially, I'll be doing everything for a false reason as opposed to coming to truth. All my efforts will be reinforcing uh, incorrect mindset of Hashem having some uh, displeasure or disappointment or negative feeling towards Klal Yisrael. Hashem's love for Klal Yisrael is infinite and immeasurable and for every yachid. Okay, but we do see the concept of Midas Adin and, and Skarb Onish. And so just like what... Everything is only Hashem's chesed. chesed and all these things are all aspects of the purpose of the entire Bria and how they all work exactly. That's, you know, not in our power to try to um, understand fully or measure fully. But we need there should be a Midas Adin. And it's designed and it's functioning only for our sake not for Hashem's sake. Hashem didn't make the world for the sake of having a Midas Haddin function. Midas Haddin does not 
warrant the creation of the world. The world is built upon chesed. The tachas of the Bria is chesed. The tachas of the makas was for the mitzvah to see Hashem's chesed. The tachas of anything that's happening is for the sake of being makir, Hashem as the boire whose purpose is chesed. Infinite chesed. Why does it have to come through certain times, tremendous challenge and difficulty and, and suffering, that's um, you know, beyond our capacity to, we don't have the hachamim to tell us now why exactly everything is happening. And all those chazal that, that speak of it that way? <laughs> I guess this is a, a little bit of a broader conversation, but it, there's many chazal that are definitely sound more like this negative approach of like, uh, it's like a personal thing between us and Hashem and like the, the entire concept of Minas Adin in general. Like yes, that, that, that's, um, that's, a, that's a discussion for another time. Um, okay. <laughs> we could, we could uh, you know, send out a questionnaire if uh, there's other people interested in that discussion. Um, or we can have so, a private. Could you describe a little bit more, maybe in detail, what it means to, I guess, the the you know, positive or appropriate um, response of understanding what the nature of a wake up call is? What does it mean that it actually I'm saying wake up? Just that to realize that, like, okay, like just stop going through life with habit. Like, there's something more going on here, and just like something that's ripping the whole world out of our control. Just Wake no, up. Like, what no, is... no, I mean, I only mean about ourselves, and it, and each person as an individual. I don't mean to suggest anything about what is in the nature of Klal Yisrael now that he's that's, that's not in our power. I'm sorry, you don't mean what? It, it says we're 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 not in the capacity to define what does Klal Yisrael as a cloud need to correct. No, that's not what I mean. I mean to say is what, what does it mean to say that, okay, there's something happening now and that means Hashem is wake up. But what, what does that mean? That, Meaning the positive. What is the, the thought process that's happening? In a very practical, let's make it like very down to earth. And that's what I think like what's being asked before is like, what did you have to be on Madriga to make a change? It's like, what, what's the thought process? You wanna, and therefore what? We can lay it out very simply. If you want to daven for somebody, what is the peak form of davening for an individual and similarly for the entire cholesterol? What is the peak form? You put yourself in that person's position. This is no easy job. We can't do it fully, of course, when it's not real. But as best we can, we try to put ourselves in that person's position and we daven as if it was for our own life. Okay, what would we do under those conditions that we are trying to daven for our own life? Would we try to find a way how to come to truth that would warrant some Rachmanis? Would we try to look for a way to see if we had have something that needs to be corrected of a significant nature? We want to try to discover maybe we got to, of course, and all this is for is to help us to find it out of that powerful desire to actually 
live for a purpose. And without isn't, isn't, that life, skipping, isn't that skipping we, a step of what, what is happening in my mind that's saying this is happening and therefore why does that logically connect to maybe I'm missing something maybe beyond the inappropriate um, thought process of I want to do something in order to result that I want. I mean, what's, what's the MS like thought process of something is happening now. So therefore maybe I have strayed away from Hashem. Well, if, I'm, if I'm realizing, wake up, Hashem, what does that mean? Hashem is enabling me to, to come to recognize him, to be aware of him. So essentially he was out of sight and out of mind, on, at least on some level. And like Michelle mentioned, it can be many, many levels on uh, to which degree Hashem was out of out of out of out of sight and out of mind, or not fully on my heart as it needed to be. Okay, and now so this is happening, and therefore the fact that I'm turning to Hashem means I'm aware of Hashem. Hashem is coming into my is coming into my consciousness. I'm coming aware. Hashem is the one who has given me life so far and can continue to give me life. So then I'm very set up to ask myself the question, why do I want to live? Am I asking Hashem to give me life to have more stakes? Am I asking Hashem to give me life to watch more, more games? Doubtful. There's something within me that resonates. I want to live for its true purpose. I want to live for what life is worthy of living for. The purpose that Hashem has, which may be on a certain level, a person might not even be able to articulate, but he knows that he wants to live not just out of self-preservation, not just out of fear of loss of self if he won't be alive and it will be embarrassing to him. He wants to live for its true purpose of life. And he could make contact with that in the tefillah. That's not true. The reason why I want to live is to have more sticks. I don't, That's again, it's not, it's not the superficial, oh, we eat more steaks. It's the reason I want to live is because I'm afraid of dying. That is, right. That, right. that is, that is, that is like the icker of it. I don't mean to minimize the, the, the power of the fear of dying or anything associated with it. I mean to say, if a person would be trying to turn to Hashem and Davin and ask Hashem for life, I think in that place, it's possible for a person to make contact with that he has a sense of that there is something truly valuable that can truly be accomplished with life. And he will not say, even if he has done many good things already and accomplished many worthy things already, many respected things already, he will not say, I had enough. He will still want to have that opportunity to to agree, I agree. As Hashem also wants. So in that place, the person is davening for his own life, or in a similar way for someone else, he could he could come to recognize. I have a sense that life has a purpose, okay. but I also sense that I'm not fully connected with it. And then we can ask: Is there something that I can do? to become more connected with it. Can I take a step? Rebbe, is this message you're saying now, the passion you're speaking with, is, did, would you give this message a week ago, two, two weeks ago you didn't speak, speak like this. 
Right. What changed that all of a sudden now you're speaking like this? Why all of a sudden it's different? Trying to daven for Rabbi Zev Ginsburg, Chaim Zev Ben Edel, and also the, the, the numbers, the, 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 the full, saying, what is setting in. I understand that davening is, is strong and more powerful, but if you're on Hugga different, are you changing the way you, you are, is, are, you're let's not, let's not Let's not get that personal just yet, but I, I, I skipped a step way before, which I, which I apologize for. When I mentioned the Yom Kippur War, I, I omitted to include that our mindset should be like a soldier in the army, which has suffered serious losses and is facing a very serious challenge. So someone can be overwhelmed, they can run from the front lines. They could say, I can't, I can't face this battle. Or they could muster all the courage that they have and go into the battle and say, I could give what I could give. The Bain Machai describes with tshuva. And that's what that, that, that was the step that brought the gula. He says, This is a simon for the future gula that will come through turning to Hashem with tshuva. It's not meant to be like, you know, flowery, like, you know, glorious. It's meant to be very real. So the only way that we could that we could get a sense of it is if we allow ourselves to go there. We if we feel we are worthy of undertaking our part of that mission. We're not asking to, you know, land in Normandy on D-Day. But that doesn't mean that there's nothing that we can contribute. We can contribute something very powerful. We can contribute to real tefillah and some measure of tshuva. What is, what, what, what is that? What is that? How, how, can we, how can we fix? We don't even know where to go. We only have to find one place where we can make a focal point. Hashem is the master of the universe. And we know he has a plan. And we are willing to buy into his plan, not submit in a destructive fashion, not in a negating fashion. We're willing to undertake the mission that Hashem is giving us in some place. We could find some place in our life that is not, uh, that's not impossible to accomplish right now. That is doable. It could be not easy. Something that we could do as a way of saying to ourselves, I am I'm recognizing Hashem is the master of the world and of me for a very good purpose. And I am charged with his purpose to bring it about. I can't bring about the whole thing right now, but I could take one step. That's what hopefully we could do. We could find some place where we could take one step. Or we could at least set up for ourselves a system to be able to look at ourselves on a regular basis, on a consistent basis, honestly, sincerely, where we'll be able to find, we'll have a system in place. That's another way of saying 
looking at a Musa Sefer on a regular basis, but not just for the sake of learning and seeing nice ideas, of a sincere nature. Can I find something here that relates to me? That relates to me now. Of course, we can't take on everything all at once. I'll be able to find something that we could take to do in a real sincere way. That is very, very powerful. That's a step that we're making that is saying to ourselves, we are under Hashem's care. We are under Hashem's guidance. Hashem has become on our radar in some significant way. And, and, and then we'll find and we'll get help to take one more step. Like the Rambam says, Hashem designed a person with the capacity to learn and understand. And, as, and so long as he is going in the ways of Tzedek and Chachma, he desires more. If I make a, an inroad in one little spot, then I'll find room for one more little spot. And that is sincere tshuva. That is very, very powerful. It's not just, I have to do something, let me grab something. No, it's being really real with ourselves. Hashem is asking us to step up, so to speak, to be the cholesterol that we could be. Each person according to his place, wherever, wherever we are as an individual, wherever we could understand, we can only act according to our understanding. But if we are sincere, if we are trying to find, Hashem helps us to find what we are able to do at the point that we are at right now. And if the Rambam says we should look at the world as if it's balanced and mitzvah achas is machria, so then the tiniest thing is enormously chashit, is enormously powerful. Besides many other rites, the Lord Safan brings one Maisa Chesed, one, one Jewish woman gave a loaf of bread that her family needed to comfort her neighbor who lost her child at the time of the Churban, and that was Matzil Yisrael, even though they were worse than Sdaim. They were called worse than Sdaim, and this was Matzil then. So I don't know if it means this single Maisa, this is a reflection of Klal Yisrael. There's something about, very powerful, about Midas HaChesed, caring for each other. I believe that we can feel something of that. If we're not overwhelmed by it, if we're not turned away by it, we realize Hashem only wants the ultimate good of Klal Yisrael. We are given a very major challenge. No one's going to know about it. It's not going to be in the papers. It's not going to be in a magazine. No one's going to know the little bit that we contribute. That's what makes it so much more chashit. A real Yerashamayim is when no one else knows, only Hashem knows. So, um, I don't think this is something of Madrega, this is something for every single one of us in our own unique individual way. Every person is an army of one and an army that's part of the cloud. We have to view it that way. We have to realize our contribution is, is powerful for the cloud and for any individual that we're Muhammad for and for ourselves 
of course, will be the ultimate beneficiary primarily. Okay, that's uh, that's what I have to share. I hope that makes sense to somebody here. If there's any questions, they're welcome for anybody to try to respond to. Um, there was a question that was sent out about the unique challenge of being at home, regular schedule being disturbed, regular routine being disturbed, regular life situations being disturbed, prone to a lot of challenges. Um, and I think that's a very valid question. Um, and we can't expect of ourselves to suddenly become heroic. But um, I think that if we give the full appreciation to our individual contribution, so we'll realize how worthwhile it is to devise good strategies to help ourselves stay in a good place and a good path. The real Iker is, you know, reaching out to people, trying to find things that we could do that are productive, that are really enjoyable to us, but meaningful at the same time. Um, avoiding negative messages at all costs. But um, I think, you know, reaching out to other people is a very kadai, whether to offer to somebody who might need it or to receive from somebody who has time to give it or to just share a thought, share a feeling, share a something of life with Tyra together is very, very good eye. Rabbi Schmidman. Yes, go ahead. I was wondering if uh, you could talk about, I, we spoke a little earlier today about, we've been hearing from countless people about the need to stay sequestered in your own home and that obviously takes a toll on anybody, but especially people with mental illness. And how how do if there's any balance to be made between interaction with other people? Is there a distinction if the other people are young, if they're old? If there's any way to make some sort of balance to prevent, you know, people that are vulnerable to this, myself included. Yeah, very good question. Yes, it's because I keep in mind that uh, these issues are just a continuum. Um, you know, we shouldn't think of them as like you know. Either I have it or I don't. We all have something of it. We all have a need for interaction with people. And um, it's very, very important not to fall into a state of isolation and um, sh shutting down from human contact. So we should be creative to use all the methods that are available to us. Um, we've been having the experience here in Kugan Hills with our married children coming over and standing on the front porch no, no, on the front lawn, and we're on the porch, and, you know, we're visiting together from a good distance away. Um, um, you know, uh, of course, we have this kind of method of uh, computer. I've heard of a family having a Zoom meeting of uh, siblings, cousins getting together that uh, hadn't had that kind of a 
good interaction maybe ever before. So um, it's really probably could die to create some smaller Zoom groups. I hope that the uh, the cost of the of the Zoom membership is not prohibitive, but it's definitely a worthwhile investment um, for this time, maybe for all times, to be able to do that pretty easily. Jump on with a couple of your friends, make an appointment, text them, make an appointment, and then you are there you are together. Find something that you enjoy learning together or talking about that has some, you know, good purpose to it together. So good humor is also very important. Um, and, uh, and try to use all the creative methods to continue good contact and maybe even enhance and reach out to people who you haven't been in touch with in a while. I personally enjoy very much using FaceTime. I always find the other person looks terrific on the phone. <laughs> as good as real life and sometimes even better. So it's something to try to experiment with if you have that. And um, yes. What about specifically regarding the upcoming three-day umtif? I know personally I live in an apartment in Las Vegas and <clears throat> other than having people over for a meal or something like that, it's... Is there, is there an Arif? There is an Arif, yes. Oh, great. So you have to buy a couple of uh, lightweight lawn chairs and you let the neighbors know when you're going to be coming to visit and you put it up, you know, on their lawn and they could sit, you know, on the other side of the lawn and you can have a nice visit together. <laughs> maybe, maybe you can even kick a soccer ball. It doesn't involve any hand contact. You know, gently, not not too not too uh, forcefully. Rabbi Shmuel, you're giving a lot of practical tachbulas, which are they seem like really good ideas. Um, yes, I didn't like that last idea, but is there again, like obviously questions have to be answered on an individual basis? But is there what to be said for like we're staying away from each other to prevent spreading? this disease and getting people sick and potentially in being the cause of sarcomas nefashos to somebody indirectly. Right. And it's a very serious sacrifice. Now, is there what to be said for, it's also very serious sacrifice that you have to yourself to make sure that you're in good spirits and are not spending days and weeks on end, particularly if people are working from home you know, I've been home for the last three weeks, basically two and a half weeks, can't live with other people, but it could take a very significant toll. And again, like that's also a very significant and serious um, issue. Right. So, so, so those are all good tafulas, but I mean, it, it, it's a very real issue. Right. I, I hear that. Um... Could be we need to consult with a you know mental health professional um, about that and or a uh, a uh, infectious disease doctor. Um, <laughs> there's somebody that I've heard of that uh, is getting a lot of calls these days. So of course you have to balance um, these. Rapid, you also need a posik. A posik has to ultimate a posik who first of all appreciates and 
understands the impact of mental health. I'm sure there are postkim who are not really mosh of the impact that depression or anxiety can have. Doesn't it come down to a posik deciding what the balance that a, per, a person is required to strike? But the postkim in this situation are um, largely relying upon and giving respect to the doctors. So it's okay for you to consult with a doctor as an individual and um, get proper guidelines that would be um, appropriate for your individual situation. Um, it's a very hard thing to you know, try to remain vigilant about because it's invisible and it's so novel. So, you know, like um, the only way almost like to take it seriously is to go into some kind of a full-blown panic of like, you know, disease spreading through the air and engulfing the whole society. And that's, that's not good either. So <laughs> I think I'm joking. Like I walk outside and think like, oh no, everybody's going to get me. So, so um, at the same time, you know, we do want to do every, whatever we can together to uh, do that. Of course, Abraham said, in a war, every bullet has its address. There's not a a plague that is harming anybody. It's not a virus that's harming anybody. Why the Ebeshto has has, has seen fit to cause this tira of so many young people that we're we're already, Baruch Hashem, used to considering young people at such a time is way beyond our understanding. There's no no, um, independent forces. But nevertheless, is a very great mitzvah of making every effort to protect ourselves and other people. That's a very great gift that we're giving to those people while at the same time also being responsible to ourselves. So there could be, like you're saying, um, certain unique circumstances. That's why it's very, very good to get the input from where appropriate the mental health professional and also uh, a uh, infectious disease doctor. If you need one for a particular situation, uh, you can uh, contact me and I could refer you to somebody who is swamped with calls, but uh, is willing to try to get back to you. I got through to him. Thank you. Okay, great. If there's anything else in anybody's mind, they're uh, welcome to share it. Um, In terms of... Personal, in terms of our own personal situation, I don't want to enter into the area of trying to understand why Rabbanim are, do, did, or are doing um, any particular thing. Go ahead, Moshe. Um, is it okay to play soccer on Yantav? <laughs> like I said, very lightly, you know. I used to play 5-3-1 um, and a horse with one of my sons in the backyard. On Shabbos, it wasn't that so intense, you know, not so intensive. It was, it was, it wasn't like the weekday. It was, you know, Halukhach, Shabbos was different than Bechayel. It was, it was noticeably different. Yeah. Make sure you miyachid the ball before, before you enter. I'm what the ball? Miyachid it to play with it, you know. Because typically an adult does not play with the ball. If you have children, so then the ball is not muktzah because they play with it. 
Gold, but as time you're not going to play with it, so it might be muksa. So you have to, you know, put it aside to use. Okay. Okay, I just want to uh, give a bracha to all of us to uh, to rise to this challenge, each one in their own unique way, to to become the best person that we can become with one tiny step at a time. That will be the great contribution that we could give to this uh, major cloud war effort and also for individuals that we know of, particularly. And Hashem should recover the tshuva and the tefillah and the bench us all with a chag only of simcha and refu of Yeshua, l'chol Yisrael, and b'yaz g'ayel Mehira. Thank you very much. Good yantif. We'll resume, we'll resume with Hashem after yantif. And um, there is also um, a hope for, but no, no promise yet, a seum at nine o'clock on Masech um, de if anybody needs that in the morning uh, get-together group on uh, Wednesday morning. Here's Hashem.